And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the Skype line with us today is Dr. Robert Malone, physician, scientist, bioethicist, and author. Dr. Malone, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Well, Dan, thanks a lot for having the chance to talk to you and and to your listeners. I'm on your mailing list, and I always enjoy reading what you have to say. And you put out a lot of material, and you also put out some Friday funnies, which are always interesting. Um, Today, I I think you had a recent article where you talked about people making themselves out to be God, as it were. And um, maybe you could pick up that thread and start talking to that a little bit, and then we'll follow up with uh, some more questions if we have time. Well, what this comes down to is that throughout science as it's practiced right now, we don't really have any well-defined moral or ethical boundaries. And there's no way to reinforce any such things, even if we had them. Historically, we've had rules about medical research and clinical research and bioethics having to do with humans and human subjects. But we don't have anything like a Hippocratic Oath for scientists in general. And there's this thread now that is really becoming quite prominent in modern thinking, with uh, Yuval Harari being a notable leader in this, that uh, man should be God, that God is replaceable, and that man should seize control of his own evolution in his own future, and substitute the uh, logic of man and the goals and agendas of man through science and other means for uh, the respect for and appreciation of a higher being. And uh, this has to do, in a way, with a lot of our moral breakdowns, which I think you and your listeners are very familiar with. What we highlight in the article, just to illustrate the point, is the transgender initiative and what that means. But there are many other examples. And of course, here in the, in the time of COVID that we're all so embedded in, we recognize the uh, role of science in having engineered this virus in the first place at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the underlying hubris that it's acceptable to literally play God with life and manipulate organisms at will, largely because we can. We have the technology, and many scientists feel that they are entitled to do this. I think that what we're arguing here in this this paper is that this unbridled Wild West environment wherein we're allowing genetic manipulation of humans and surgical modification and endocrine modification has huge risks. It is disruptive to society. And historically, once these technologies are developed, they are almost always weaponized. And we've seen this in many, many examples. I cite Oppenheimer and I also cite just in in self-reflection the criticism that I often receive for my work as a young man 
that enabled the technology that gave rise to these current mRNA vaccine products that have been administered all over the world and are not safe, nor are they effective. But underlying all of this is the logic that is uh, advanced by Harari and many others at the World Economic Forum and many other forums that God uh, can be replaced, that the role of a divine being in, hum- in humanity and philosophy and guiding uh, ethics is, is obsolete and should be discarded in favor of a very aggressive uh, humanist agenda in which, for instance, in the title of one book, he, he uses the term homo deus, man is God. Mm. That is very sobering. I haven't heard of this name um, that begins with the H. How do you pronounce that name again? Yuval Harari is an Israeli man who uh, functions as basically the chief science officer for the World Economic Forum. So he is, uh, you could say, the right hand of Klaus Schwab. Ah, now it makes a lot more sense. His books are taught in most universities now. Oh, this is this is not fringe logic. This has gone mainstream. This is part of what's going on in our educational system now in terms of the uh, rejection of uh, Judeo-Christian ethics and the historic uh, ethical norms that have underpinned our civilization for uh, millennia. Uh, this mm. is this is now all being rejected and under the belief that uh, we can substitute things like massive data collection, the use of artificial intelligence, deep learning, and machine learning, uh, the optimization of a utilitarian future, and the belief that if we only had enough data and enough capabilities, we can create, you know, virtually a worker's paradise mm. um, by uh, applying these new computational tools. To optimize the distribution of resources, this is the famous statement, you will own nothing and be happy. Oh, yes. That underlying that is that that logic that if all of the ownership of resources are consolidated into a small number of organizations or companies that then apply this um, logic that's really quite old, we've seen it uh, for many, many years now of utilitarianism, or really what's underneath it, to be blunt, is the logic of Marxism, uh, which, as you know, is is uh, antithetical to um, uh, belief in a higher deity. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, you know, I think that part of the agenda has always been in Marxism to substitute uh, Marxist logic for religious belief systems. Mm-hmm. Much to talk about here. Today we're talking with Dr. Robert Malone, physician, scientist, bioethicist, and author. And before we go any further, Doctor, if someone wants to get on your mailing list, how would they do that? Well, thank you for asking. Uh, What you're referring to, Dan, is our substack. And that can be found at rwmalonemd.substack.com. And we seek to make this information available to all. So whether you choose to subscribe or not, you can still go to that site or contact it through any of the social media links that we put up. 
and view and read those articles because that's our objective is to get the information mm. out, make it available to people. If you choose to subscribe, you can do so for free and it will come straight into your email. Uh, and if you choose to subscribe and, and pay a monthly fee or a yearly fee, we're grateful for that, but it's not required. I often have uh, folks that are at the edge financially that at some point in time have chosen to subscribe and then write apologetically that they have to cancel their subscription. And I write back to them saying, it's okay, I understand, <laughs> and uh, you can you can cancel it and then resubscribe for free. Um, we're still glad to have you have oh, the information. That's, that's beautiful. What I'm thinking of is that there's probably a lot of homeschool families who, as part of their science reading, should consider uh, subscribing to this substack. And could you repeat the, the URL for it again, please? Well, thanks for that endorsement. The URL is RW, so you can just uh, look up HTTP colon double backslash or just put in to your browser rwmalonemd.substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K dot com. And it will come straight up with a splash page, and you can decide what you want to do from there. Yeah. Well, so I think it's a wonderful option for homeschoolers. Um, and speaking of homeschoolers, <laughs> now I got myself off track, but I noticed that you you have your own farm, and I believe you have horses. Can you tell us just a little bit about your farm and horses? I think our listeners would enjoy hearing about that. Sure. And both of our sons are homeschooled, by the way. Uh, we we took them out uh, of grade school or junior high in the case of our older son and uh, homeschooled them in the topics that we could and then placed them into community college at a very young age. They were able to do just fine there. Yeah. And community college, I think, is one of the great bargains in education, uh, full stop. So for those who feel like they can't provide uh, – you know, comprehensive education in algebra or advanced algebra and calculus or advanced sciences, community colleges are a great way to supplement. And then you still have the option that you can be conveying uh, kind of the core messages of your ethics and the way that you wish yeah. to have your children raised and then make specialty topics available. Both of those sons are now computer scientists. They make uh, crazy amounts of money. They're both <laughs> married. Uh, they have no debt. It's a it's a total success story. That's beautiful. Oh, I love to hear that. It's wonderful. And then and then the farm. Uh, this is our fifth small farm. Jill and myself. We're to, today is actually our forty fourth wedding anniversary. Uh, so we go out to dinner with some friends tonight, and then. Uh, so we've been doing small farms really since we were in high school. Uh, started off with orchards in uh, the central coast of California, lemons and avocados. And we've uh, raised hay, but for many years we've bred horses. We used to breed the Percheron draft horse. Wow. And then uh, about 15 years ago, more or less, we transitioned over to a rare Portuguese breed that competes very well in dressage. So it's a high-value product called a Lusitano. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, our story really is that uh, we bought property, a farm in northern Georgia, right before the collapse, the 07 collapse. We lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. We lost our shirt. Yeah. Basically had to do a deed in lieu of foreclosure. Mm. 
um, because there was no way that real estate market was going to recover. And we just drove up the eastern seaboard and found an area that we liked a lot, which is here at the base of the Shenandoah National Park. Very nice. By the uh, farms of uh, Jefferson and in uh, Madison. And uh, we decided to settle. We had to lease farms for a while because of the deed and loo. And then my wife found some raw land here. Uh, and we've, over the last six years, basically homesteaded it. Mm. When we first moved on to it, we had an illegal office trailer as the place that we lived and a porta potty outside. And we used the <laughs> local health club for showers. This is honest, honest truth. This is great. <laughs> and and uh, no, no water, no septic, uh, no power. And we just gradually got those things in over the last six years. Now we have uh, barn fences all the infrastructure. I'm broadcasting from what was a 1945 pig barn. Oh, I love that it. That we have rebuilt. That's that's the studio here. And I just had the HVAC put in. Uh, I'm really grateful for that because it was getting <laughs> a little cold at night. And, um, and uh, we lease uh, another 30 acres adjacent. So we farm about 50. Oh, it's uh, beautiful. Yeah. So that's it keeps you sane. It's I think it's one of the real things that differentiates people that are, are living this urban life and, and those of us that are in the flyover states or, or not yes. buying into that world is, is staying connected to the land. And one of the things we found in uh, being involved in breeding the draft horse, the Pertron, was we spent a lot of time interacting with the Amish and Mennonite communities, which are kind of some of the only ones that can still make a small farm work. <laughs> yes. And, and one of the key things is the kids all work. Amen to that. And they all have jobs. Yep. And so we've tried to kind of raise ours that way and, and live by those principles, uh, even though we're not Amish or Mennonite. No. Uh, there's a lot to learn. There, there's, there, you know, there's no perfect culture, but... Right. Uh, I think I think we the United States has lost a lot by uh, losing the small farmer. Oh yeah, and really decimating agriculture. Uh, I I think it's one of the great really drivers of some of the things that we've seen in terms of cultural trends mm -hmm. is we've gotten away from connectedness to the land and nature. One of the wonderful things that we went through, and mostly this is due to my wife, Deb, um, because I was working during the day. Um, we got involved with 4-H, and uh, one year we raised three market lambs. Um, we did chickens all the way through. I still have chickens to this day, and a couple of our kids have chickens, and um, it was really good. I remember our one son that, that did want to go into computer stuff. Um, he didn't want to. He didn't want to present in front of people at all. And by being in 4-H and having to present, it, I think it got him over a hump. And it it was very good for him um, presenting in front of a number of people. And this is way before he got to college, so uh, he got rid of that fear. And of course, now he's a design engineer, software, and does very well. Our other son. Um, you know, he, he took some college courses. It wasn't for him. He got into um, 
uh, jail work for a while as an officer and then went out on his own and started his own business. And uh, he's been publishing videos on YouTube, Elmendorf Acres, and sometimes he goes live and he shows how um, how you make maple syrup. And he's got a regular, ah. uh, you know, a regular professional little setup there. And it, it's been a lot of fun and people have been checking into that. But uh, today we're talking with Dr. Robert Malone. And folks, this... This guy is like a national treasure. There's a few of them around yet in America. Uh, Dr. Malone, without getting into the details of the mRNA that you had knowledge of and development of and all of that, you you dropped a, a, a comment there that I thought was fascinating, that it's not safe. Do you care to comment about that at all? Well, sure. I've been quite outspoken. And uh, back last April, I think it was, the 17,000 physicians that I represent and work with, uh, we publish things on the website Global COVID Summit. Uh, For some reason, it's very hard to find through Google. Uh, That was sarcasm. Uh, (laughs) But but we came out with a declaration in a big press conference stating that we believe that these products were not safe and they were not effective and they should be withdrawn from the market. Mm-hmm. That's that's um, increasingly gone mainstream now. And you may or may not be aware. I've just come back from the UK, actually landed last night and uh, um, had spoken to many members of the conservative party there uh, over the last six weeks, there's been a concerted effort to change the mind of the conservative party and the national health service. And, uh, they've gone from wanting to inoculate, uh, young children, just like we're doing here in the States Mm -hmm. to now banning, uh, the, uh, boosters. So the booster program in the UK is now going to be stopped. Wow. And, uh, so that's great. That's a huge, uh, step forward. in my opinion, the the uh, the product and the technology both have significant toxicity, and it was all rushed, unfortunately. And we had many assurances that safety issues were not bypassed, but we now know clearly they were. Those were I'll be just be blunt. That was lies. Yeah, and and it was lies compounded by uh, the most aggressive and comprehensive psyops propaganda campaign in the history of the West. It was deployed all over the world simultaneously. And uh, this was all designed to compel and coerce people and then finally to mandate when that wasn't working uh, to take these products that were still experimental and have been proven to be unsafe. I, I am concerned about the long-term implications, I think we've severely damaged trust in public health. Oh yeah, trust in the government, trust in physicians. Uh, the vaccine enterprise, to the extent that it had merit, has been deeply compromised. Right, and uh, I think in some ways that's good. <laughs> if if we start questioning our government more, and not just going along and assuming that everything that we're being told is true. Mm-hmm. If we come to realize how much we've been subjected to propaganda, information control, and now increasingly with the technology of fifth generation warfare, 
attempts to control our very minds and our emotions, uh, many of which are being deployed on us. And by us, I mean in particular the Five Eyes nations, this Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance of Great Britain, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and the United States. Uh, all of these or the, all of these countries have basically deployed military grade psyops propaganda technology on their own populace. This yes. is technology developed for fighting Al Qaeda and others offshore. It's been deployed on their own populace, our own populace, and this is why we have so many people that have basically been hypnotized. They have um, had their their ability to think objectively really compromised by these uh, intelligence-based technologies. And I, I argue these days again and again, not that we should in any way forgive those that have done this to us. Uh, please understand, I'm not saying that we should forgive or forget or just move on. But in terms of your family and your coworkers and the people that you meet in the grocery store that are still wearing masks, the poor souls. Um, I think that an, a better way to think about this as opposed to anger, which is, of course, anger is easy after what so many of us have been right. subjected to. But if you cannot convince other people, if you're angry, if right. your heart is closed, um, this is a fundamental Christian message also, as you know. Um, but I suggest that one way to think about this is for those of us who have become aware of what's been done to us and others in the form of all this propaganda, etc., the dishonesty, rather than hating the people in our lives um, that we encounter that may have said some very ugly things, mm -hmm. uh, we recognize that they have been subjected to this propaganda and they were not strong enough or whatever to recognize what was being done to them. Right. And uh, in a way, you know, we should remember that this has happened. We should not never forget. But I think that it's easier to forgive and, and be able to work with others and bring them back into our families and into our lives and into the fold if we if we acknowledge that they've been subjected to this military grade propaganda and and it's just they have been less resistant um so i i'm really trying to uh forward the the ideas and logic that uh in our daily lives the people that we encounter we should have um, open hearts as we approach them and speak to them, speak calmly. I try to do this myself. Um, speak based on facts and logic. We don't. We should not, in my opinion, um, take the behaviors that we've seen done to us—the yes. lying and and. All of this uh, dissimulation and uh, these various very aggressive social media um, methods that have been deployed, the bots and trolls and all of the hate, 
uh, let's not do that because it'll just make us become like them. Mm. So that's, that's, I think, um, something that we can all take home. But, but I also believe strongly that it's in the interests of all of us, all of your listeners, to learn about what fifth-generation warfare is, to learn about the strategies and technologies that have been used on us, things like all the messaging that you heard uh, that was guilting you, Yes. About taking the vaccine. That was all tested in a randomized clinical trial at Yale. Ten different types of messages were tested to see which ones would be most effective in getting people to take the vaccine and to convince others to take the vaccine. This was before they even had a vaccine. Wow. They tested this out in a six-month randomized clinical trial with 600 subjects. They intentionally developed this PSYOPs propaganda and deployed it against us. And I think that's important to remember. Yes. We can't allow this to happen again. But, but Dan, one of the things that I have seen and my colleagues have seen all over the world is the pe- people that have been most resistant to this uh, psychological campaign, this mass formation process, this hypnosis, have been communities of faith. Mm. Communities of faith from many different uh, disciplines, many different uh, Mm -hmm. histories, but uh, they have a core belief system that they share, and they have each other. They've remained as communities, and it has made it very hard to insert the propaganda (laughs) into those communities because they're very resilient. Well, today we've we've had the honor of talking with Dr. Robert Malone. To look him up online, you can go to rwmalonemd.substack.com and subscribe to that. And uh, Dr. Malone, we want to thank you so very much for coming on today and talking about all these matters. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks, Dan. And one last little thing. Um, Shortly in the very near future, the book, uh, The Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming, as well as the uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. book, uh, The Real Anthony Fauci, as well as the Ed Dowd book about cause unknown, the sudden deaths. Hmm. All of those are going to be made available for free Oh wow! as Kindle editions for about a week. So watch for that. Oh, wonderful. That should, become, that should go live fairly soon. Very good. We'll pay attention for that. Dr. Malone, God bless you, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks a lot, Dan. Dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.